Having issues and solving them and working through them and so much more. Today's guest is Charlie Moore of Woodford Reserve, a historical man in the cocktail scene of Dallas. He is a bourbon lover, a great father, and there's some great candid moments here. This is sometimes I never know what to expect when I go in to talk to a guest. Charlie is a fellow Aquarian, and I think we're both incredibly transparent. And we look at things that maybe we're trying and tough and to other people may even seem controversial, you could say. It doesn't bother us. We don't lose any sleep over these things and we talk about them freely. And there's lots of moments here. And I really appreciate Charlie's candidness and his transparency about his addiction. I think it's something that's very important for all of us to kind of talk about. So without further ado and over a great Glendronach 18, I hope you guys enjoy this great chat with Charlie Moore of Woodford Reserve. Oh, that's right. Rain. 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 So going from like bright, sunshiny Florida into like this <laughs> dreary drive from Dallas to Austin. I mean, check stop helps, but it, it doesn't. That, yeah. 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 So that I I got here and I was like, guys, what's up? And I didn't respond for a bit. And I was like, sorry, y'all. Yeah, I'm just real tired. And, and now Turner and Tober and Luke have been giving me hell all morning. Yeah. Like, oh, I'm still tired. But yeah, I made it to Nickel City. And and a few places before that too with the yeah. guys and then and then yeah where's there they're left about twelve thirty so that's responsible. not bad okay yeah. that's yeah. reasonable because yeah. it's almost twelve hours later now roughly yeah. yeah you're all recouped which is a good thing and it sounds like you didn't you don't make it into Austin very much in not fact you had to make an excuse to come in which is always a good yeah. good reason yeah uh, not I don't get down here as much as I'd like to but yeah. Yeah, I'm hopefully going to change that. So, but you got that vibe. I mean, you know yeah. the crew and all that. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's we're all Texans. Yeah, it's a good point. Yeah. Well, you know, there's lots of things I wanted to ask you about, but I'm going to go delve into the Aquarian note for a minute mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. we're both amazing people. Obviously, self-evident. Obviously, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Do you? I get I get in trouble sometimes for being too cool. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like not yeah. really getting pissed about stuff and just kind of like yeah. Me... No, it, it drives it drives Kelly, my 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 baby mama. It drives her nuts yeah. because I'm, I I don't get upset about many things. I mean, the only thing that really gets me is like if you slap me in my face, That's, right, right. I turn into a different person if you hit me in the face. Different deal, right? Like all bets are off then. Yeah, but, you know. Other other than that, I'm just a you know a really cool person. You, I, like cool so, and calm, like not conceited, like oh I'm no, so hip right. and cool, but you know, right? yeah, yeah, like I'm I'm a very chill, laid back person. Always have been, always will be. So, do you have any kind of creative outlets? Do you? I didn't, I don't didn't notice that you played music. No. Did you write or anything? Like I've that? always wanted to learn how to play guitar. Yeah, well, there's um, a couple in the room. If I you know, know. <laughs> but <laughs> it, it still intimidates me. It's like there's so many strings, and I don't know what buttons to push or what what to do on this thing. <laughs> I like uh, that you call it buttons. Yeah, that's, that is I, cute I, I, to me. <laughs> <laughs> See, I, I know like zero. I know negative about guitar playing. So. Um, no, I mean, I, I, I was a bartender for 15 years, and that yeah. was always my creative outlet, like making cocktails and and doing all that. So, uh, yeah, now now it's just like program creation, sure. like activation creation, stuff like that for for the brand. Yeah, but even then, it's like. I, I still need something like I need a hobby. Yeah, yeah. Well, being father is kind of a hobby. Right? Yeah, yeah. That's, I mean, that's it's bound to keep you pretty busy. Yeah, she does keep me really busy. Yeah, um, yeah. she's she's about to be four, so she's kind of an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> she's she's sometimes a terrible person. Sure. But she's really really cute. So like it kind of balances out in the that's, end. That is the one thing that I've understood about kids. I don't have kids, but they're when they're great, they're really great. Yeah, yeah. But when they're horrible, they're, they're, they're horrible. They're terrible. 
You're terrible. So I don't know where that leaves you. You know, it, it's like you gain a that, like you make a thousand dollars and then you lose eight hundred. Yeah, like yeah. At the end of the day, it's still a pretty rewarding thing. I'm right? still coming out ahead every day. Yeah, like, good. Yeah, you know, when when that kid goes down to bed and or when I come home and she's already sleeping, like you know that that kiss goodnight or when 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 i wake up in the morning and she's yeah. like good morning daddy those are like the sweetest things in the world yeah but uh there, there are times where i'm like man what am i doing here <laughs> <laughs> Dude, uh, I yeah I, I mean i admire i admire anybody that can be a father you know dogs are easy cats are easy kids smelly and they're yeah. loud yeah but i guess there's those moments like you said where you're like man i really fucking appreciate this kid yeah yeah uh, i mean yeah. it's charming like hearing the i love you for the first time like that was oh, that was something man. like like ever since then i've just been like all right i'm wrapped around your little finger whatever you want and <laughs> yeah it was it was rough like i really really wanted a boy so bad like yeah. somebody to continue on my name and right, all that right. stuff like the legacy and then uh we, we were sitting there in, in a sonogram and and she's the the nurse or whatever said oh it's a girl and i was i started crying i was upset i was mad really and 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 it was i look back on it now and i was like that was the dumbest thing in the world because like the second i saw my daughter yeah everything changed and i was just like so happy that i had a girl like she's she's wonderful she's yeah. she's really cute she's funny she's hilarious she's a ball of energy and you know i'll, I'll have that Hopefully for, like, when I grow old, she'll be taking care of me. So. That's the plan, right? Yeah. Built yeah. in retirement. Right yeah. There. Pretty Always much. a bed to crash in. Yeah. But but if I would have had a son, you know, like, sons grow up and then they get married, start their own family, and you never really see them. Like, yeah. I, it's weird. I, I rarely talk to my father. Really? You know, it's, it's not like not a bad thing. No, yeah. it's just, I mean, we're, we're dudes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, like, my mother, she's always calling me all the time. She's She's an amazing grandmother she yeah. has nine other or eight other grandchildren and, but i'm pretty sure and, and it's not a secret in my family yeah. that, that my my that perry my daughter is is the favorite but of course yeah yeah she's, why, why wouldn't you be the favorite because she's the cutest <laughs> <laughs> did you ever you know fancy yourself a father i mean always. was that part of the plan that was always okay. yeah i always wanted to be a dad um you know i had a great i have a great father yeah he's he's an amazing guy who he did anything he could for us and you know just like growing up with him in my life um i i always wanted my chance to do that too yeah so. that's a, i mean yeah. it's a noble thing man yeah. it's a profession in itself yeah you know and there's so many things that you know it feels like your career has evolved and turned into this mm. thing and now you're out there you're in front of the people you're on stage you're captivating them with your every word. <laughs> I mean, you've got this amazing portfolio of Woodford yeah. stuff and Brown yeah. Foreman stuff. I mean, you got Glendronach, is that the right way to say that? Yeah. Yes, I Glendronach, mean, yeah. So you got a great, great arsenal of stuff to go I do, out. I do. I'm very but lucky. So the thing that was, for me, that, that it, was, it was hard to assess, I guess you could say, is mm -hmm. this narrative makes a lot of sense once you get to Dallas. But up until 99, when you're graduating mm -hmm. in Iowa, graduating high school in Iowa, what was that? like were you oh, an athletic kid were again going back no, to creative no no i mean i i played football for like three weeks i got <laughs> i got hit really hard by this kid uh robert benedict i'll never forget you his never name forget. no no this guy came he came in from california and he was like the biggest kid in our school and yeah. like the meanest toughest kid he was he was kind of a bully but like when you got to know him he was like a really nice dude yeah um but man, he could he could fucking hit. <laughs> we were in practice and we lined up and and yeah. and he hit me. I, I fell back. I saw stars, uh, and then I was like, I'm I don't like getting hurt. <laughs> I don't like this feeling at all. So that that, that was the end of my uh, eighth grade football. Uh, I it was really weird. Somebody asked me like like in ninth or tenth grade. You know, they're like, oh, I heard you made the baseball team. I was like. I mean, I, I practice like a couple of days. <laughs> like, I just want to go out and play. I don't yeah, want to go yeah. out and practice and, and do all that work, which, you know, that's, I've always been that way. Yeah. I, you know, I wasn't the smartest kid, still not the smartest person in the room. Um, oh, I doubt that. But I mean, I, 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 I was that kid that would sleep through class yeah. and then wake up and ace my, my physics exams. Like my physics teacher, like he hated that. He hated that. But you could just do it. Yeah. And in biology, like science, I was always attracted to science. Um, but yeah, I, I was, I was, I wasn't, I wasn't, uh, a scholar. Yeah. I wasn't a jock. I was just kind of like that dude hanging out in the corner. Yeah. 
I had a multitude of different friends in middle school and mm. high school, like different cliques, different groups. So like, yeah, I've I've always been able to to blend in with with different people. You probably I imagine you get along with people pretty yeah, easily. Yeah, yeah. Again, know? the coolness and kind of like the yeah, ease. Yeah. You know, it's interesting too. I learned this the other day, or rather, you use Instagram, right? Mm-hmm. I. Again, I may sound like a crazy person. I feel like maybe I'm turning into my grandma as I get older. Not physically, but like <laughs> mentally. But there's a particular Aquarian Instagram thing, right? Yeah. And I'm not hard-lined, but I like to have... Maybe there's some methodology or rhyme or reason to this whole thing. And they said, you know, Aquarians really know the critical path to getting things done in the least amount of work possible. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that is exactly what it sounds like charlie that believe that dude that we can just get it done and we're successful yeah. at it not because we're overly intelligent but we just know we kind of observe yeah we just know where to go yeah and it's like i'm, I'm not a note taker yeah. um like i i observe and i absorb things that way Absolutely. just by like being present and in the moment um i'm i'm a procrastinator <laughs> I, procrast- I, I wait until the last minute to do everything yeah, you took like, so long to drink this 18-year-old Glendronach. It's been in the car. I mean, how dare you procrastinate well, on that bottle? It's, it's been there for like, it's been, I, I hoard whiskey. Okay, like, good, good. I'm not I'm not a big drinker. I'm, oh, no kidding. No, no. I mean, I can drink. I'm really good at drinking. Yeah, that's good. Well, um, you, that's how it goes. We're yeah, good at it. I mean, thank God, because uh, <laughs> I would be terrible at my job if I wasn't like at least somewhat decent at right, drinking. Right. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I, I hoard whiskey. I have, you know. The typical bartender brain ambassador these days like i have my closet full of whiskey that's crazy like a storage closet yeah it's, it's getting insane uh especially when you start mixing in all the pos and everything i it's know like, man it's it's nuts there's woodford stuff everywhere in yeah. my home. <laughs> <laughs> and and woodford bottles and and just whiskey from you know the last like especially like over the last five years of bartending like yeah when you when you start to run programs and people are like oh here try this bottle and they just leave the bottle and i I'll take a sip and then put it up you know yeah well it's not it's a pretty good gig if you can get it man yeah yeah <laughs> that's, I, I like to think of it as my retirement plan there yeah. you go that's true yeah. sell it like an ounce and a half at a time yeah like from just some unknown gray market thing. oh no no that's just what i'm gonna drink it when i'm <laughs> retired <laughs> Oh, even yeah, better yeah. i was like man that could be a nice little yeah. honey pot you gotta go I, I feel guilty about selling like sample bottles well, I'm, yeah. I'm pretty sure it might be illegal or something <laughs> maybe great. who knows right maybe immoral <laughs> but you know like i, I don't like to sell i don't want to resell the things that people have gifted me i you know? i completely agree but i mean that is one of the things the generosity you know there's yeah. a balance there you want to give it as much as, like, for instance, I want to share whiskey with you, and oddly enough, you want to share whiskey with me. It's a nice for us Yeah, yeah. It's really good. Well, yeah. so, you are doing good at school. You're not a self-proclaimed scholar, right? No, But you're getting no. stuff done. I, I get it done. You know, and yeah. you're not failing out. Yeah, I you're, passed. You're cool with people. People yeah. are cool with you. Yeah. So, when it comes down to more advanced education, going into college and stuff, was there any expectation, either from yourself or from your folks, that that's what you were going to do? <sighs> I my nobody really went to college in my family my no. my uncle went to the air force academy yeah. and graduated he he had a uh, scholarship um but yeah nobody my mom went to school then what later do, in life folks do uh excuse me my dad's an air traffic controller was an air traffic oh, controller okay. uh my mother was a uh an rn a, oh, a no, nurse yeah my, my mom too no oh, right on yeah yeah, yeah. man um uh, yeah, uh, like it's aviation. My my father, my uncle went to the Air Force. One of my uncles went to the Air Force. My yeah. other uncle was a ATC as well. My mom's dad, my paternal, my maternal grandfather. Yeah, he was an, an air traffic controller really? too. Really? Yeah. So I think that's pretty much like like my mom, like the father-in-law, like saying, "Hey, son, come get into this." And then yeah, yeah. You know, his brothers kind of fell in line. But I mean, my uncle Dennis, my dad's brother, he's like he was Air Force all the way, like. R- yeah. So there's lots of that. Yeah. Lots a- of aviation. Yeah. A lot of aviation stuff. So does that mean may make it like an easy path to go into that when you're done with school? Just thinking, no. well, I could just do that. Yeah. I I I got I I got in a lot of trouble. Like what, do you, what kind of trouble? Uh, I mean, I I had uh addiction problems. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I didn't make some of the best choices. Sure. In the people that I hung out with, uh, the people I dated. Uh, well. I'll raise my glasses. Right. <laughs> uh, We're just too cool. Man. Yeah, it's just like yeah, yeah whatever. <laughs> whatever. But yeah, I, it was it was it was a rough point in my life from 
like 19 to 20 after mm-hmm. after i graduated high school i i i never lived up to my potential mm-hmm. as my teachers mm-hmm. would always say and like i, I could have gotten to school but i just didn't it wasn't really interest me mm-hmm. yeah so i got a job delivering pizzas and then i lost my license and then i had i had to be uh a pizza cook and a, and a cook uh-huh. so yeah that's kind of how i got started and can and, you still eat pizza having been around it so much oh yeah okay let's make it sure that'd be like you know that's that twilight zone episode your last guy in, on earth and you love to read but your glasses break yeah this pizza is so amazing god forbid you smell it so much you don't want to eat it anymore. no never no. okay thank god no. all right i could always eat pizza i'm, I'm so hungry right now <laughs> <laughs> but yeah i mean i started i started delivering pizzas and it, it was really weird because in Iowa you could you could deliver beer, and so oh really yeah it it wasn't a good thing for me because it enabled me in, in a lot of ways right, um, sure so I I was eighteen nineteen I could just go up and be like hey let me get a six pack for this delivery and I'm driving around drinking my six pack yeah, delivering yeah. pieces like here you go <laughs> <laughs> I mean it sounds kind of good yeah maybe irresponsible but it, it was very good. irresponsible yeah. don't don't do that. That's Perry. terrible. Yeah, if if you ever listen to this, Perry, don't ever do what dear dad did. <laughs> and there's no way you would let her. No, never. There's no never. way. That kid, I don't, I don't know what I'm gonna do. Like it, it's different when like you're you're a teenager and, and a young adult and you're yeah. growing up and you're like, oh, I'm gonna party my face off and make all these terrible decisions and do stupid things. And then like when you become a parent, you look back on it and it's like. What am I going to do when my kid starts doing that stuff? Dude. Yeah, I can't say don't do that. That's right. bad because like I want you to have those experiences and live your life, but at the same time I'm like don't hurt yourself. <laughs> Please don't hurt yourself. So I'll say this one word and hopefully it doesn't act as a trigger. Dating. Mm, <laughs> <laughs> See? That's the one I I'm just yeah, bad on. Dating. Deal. That's back to back to the having a uh, a girl versus having a boy like oh, right like dating is going to be so complicated oh, like because if i had a son it'd be like yeah go get him son terrible double standard right of course but it, it's like you know like now i'm going to be watching every I, I already do like yeah. i already do i look at these little three and four year old boys there's just <laughs> one one kid that she goes to school with and she thinks he's trouble he's, oh he's he's a good looking kid too um and he's, you know, he's really nice and yeah. polite and he's oh, and he, I dropped her off at school and he said, Perry, you look so pretty today. She was wearing some sunglasses and she took them off and like battered her eyes. Oh, oh no. God. No, here, I'm not ready for this. <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah. So, well, sucks. again, I don't envy you. I'm going to put that yeah, out there right yeah, there. But yeah. I know that you'll, you'll be cool about yeah, it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, no, I have no choice but to be cool. That's, you know? oh, that's a good yeah. point. But I'm sure you guys will get in great conversations and she'll develop into someone that has like, you know what I mean? Like yeah. good self-respect. Yeah. Put, make sure she's got standards out there. Yes. Uh, you know. That's that's my goal is to kind of like really ruin it for every other guy because every, <laughs> every girl, every girl has father issues. Oh, of course. You know, it, it, they're either good ones where like my dad was so incredible, yeah. like you'll never be able to be anything like him you know and, and you're and I'm gonna have such high standards or they have they're on the other end of the spectrum right know? again dealt with both there yeah too. yeah some are more fun than others i guess you could say but yeah, not as yeah. i get older it's no a, when, when you get older you're looking for different qualities in the world yeah, yeah that's yeah. right so this trouble laden era in iowa mm-hmm. does it kind of give you the impetus to get the hell out of town was, or was there an actual reason why you moved out of iowa uh, I, I got asked okay. i believe by by a judge she suggested highly no suggested kidding. that i uh enter enter a program and then upon completion of program uh gtfo really yeah yeah pretty much so court mandated rehab uh, yeah yeah no kidding yeah, how was, long you have to do it uh 30 days okay that's a, i mean it's that's a lot but it's not a whole whole lot i learned a lot though yeah um th- th- that was my third time going through a, a yeah. uh program sure um the first time like i was so pissed off like my dad kind of sprung it on me mm. um my parents split up when i was like 14 15 oh, okay and uh i hate to blame it all on them but well it's a hard event yeah. to overlook though yeah um and when you when you spend most of your life going through you know having two fam two parents yeah and you think they love each other and then all of a sudden it's like oh mom's leaving so my, my mom left yeah um i stayed me and my sister stayed with my dad and uh, yeah, it, it was at such an impressionable point in my life yeah, yeah. where um, 
Yeah, I, I went the wrong. I went down the wrong path. Sure. Yeah, not for, not for my parents not trying. It was just me making my own terrible yeah. decisions. Um, yeah. And so the first time I went into a program, my dad uh, said, "Hey, we're going to go to some counseling." Um, he dropped me off at the uh, at the. It's an outpatient program, mm-hmm. and then I, I I left. I like I got in there. He he left me there. Yeah. I got in there and I walked out and like I didn't come home for like a day or two. Um, the second time. I think I wanted to go on my own. And then the third time was court mandated, but it was an actual impatient. Like I was taken away from everyone and everything I knew for 28 days, 30 days, whatever. Sure. And then, uh, yeah, I, I learned a lot about myself. Yeah. What, man, is that, that process is all I've never been in that situation. Right. And we all wrestle with strange things that happen in our life, mm-hmm. whether they're depressive events, maybe divorce, maybe losing somebody, like all, all these things, grief. But ultimately, the inpatient rehab, that's a good place to be, right? It is a positive vibe. Like, it helps you overcome some things. Yeah. I mean, you, you got to go into it with an open mind. Yeah. It's not going to work if you don't want it to work. Sure. Uh, you know, I, I was at the point in my life where I was like, okay, I need a change. Yeah. And then I, I made a change. And then... Yeah, I, I, it was a lot of reflection, self-reflection, yeah. like getting to really understand why you make terrible decisions sure. and how not to make more terrible decisions. And, you know, like pretty much you, you have to remove yourself completely from everything and everybody that you know. Yeah. And just get away from that. But uh, well, it's hard because that's what you're used to. Like, it's yeah. how we're used to operating. Yeah. You know, and so you have to kind of just shake that up. Yeah. And it, it, it didn't work. Um, no. I, Even after the third time, it still didn't. No, the third time was not the charm. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I got out and then I uh, went home, packed up my stuff, and then moved down back down to Dallas. Yeah. Um, Why Dallas? My mom was here. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, she she came back to came back to Texas. Oh, cool. And I mean, now now we're all back here. Uh, my, no kidding. Yeah, we all kind of took our own time getting back here. My mom moved down here. I moved down here. My sister moved down here. Then my dad moved down here. Oh wow! So. Uh, fan- it, is that a good thing for you? Yeah, 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 have yeah. Family? Uh, yeah, they're, they're, the parents are close enough to where we can see them if we want to, cool. but not close enough to where we're bugging them or right. bugging each other. Or vice versa, yeah. <laughs> Same thing with my sister. Yeah. Well, so, you know, it's a, we hadn't talked about exactly if this was narcotics or if this was alcohol and whatnot, but is it... Is everything. It everything. Everything, right? yeah. Well, so, I mean, I'm sure that you've got this stuff absolutely under control and now you've got a daughter and oh all yeah, this, yeah right but i mean how difficult is it you know how they say immersion therapy is good so you're afraid of snakes mm-hmm. so what you do is you throw someone in a pit of snakes no don't, don't no <laughs> no but no, you see what no. i'm saying where you're yeah. like in the bartending community yeah. and serving and slinging drinks and creating all the time yeah does that ever was that ever like a trigger for you to get back that place that it, dark place it was for for a while for quite a while when i first moved back to uh when i got back into texas like I had like two solid days where I was like, oh, I'm, I'm going to be sober and I yeah, went to meetings yeah. and, and all that stuff. And then like it was the weekend and like I I got on some online forum and mm-hmm. and some dude took me out and got me stoned and gave me fed me a bunch of pills, and got me wasted and yeah. back on it. And then, yeah, I, I had a really bad uh, problem with uh, cocaine for yeah. a long, long time, like like 12, 15 years. Yeah. Wow. Um, yeah, and it, it was off and on for we we had a really bad relationship. A really, we had our fun times, of course, <laughs> and but we had a lot of bad times. Um, but yeah, I mean that went on for for a long time. I was had, and I couldn't tell you the year, but I, I was back here. I was maybe twenty three, twenty four. Yeah, and um, I was in the middle of like a one of my stents would would blow, and um, I, I was working at Dave and Buster's, got fired. Mm. Uh, got another job where I was making a ton of money. I only had to work two nights a week, and I oh, make nice. five hundred bucks each night. And, yeah, yeah, you know, that's that's all I did. But then I had all this time and free Dude, cash, idle and, hands, right? Yeah. <laughs> so it was that was that was really bad. Lost that job, and then uh, yeah, I got evicted, and my car got repossessed on the same day. Like I woke up, um, <clears throat> went into the kitchen, and like I had. I used to have some turntables. I used to DJ a little two bit. Turn t- turn two turn yep. turntables. God damn, you don't know yeah, say two yeah. turntables and, and a microphone. Two turntables and a microphone. But uh, my my roommate took took those and as collateral because mm-hmm. I owed her money. Uh, 
so I was like, what the, what the fuck, you know? And then like all her stuff was packed out and, and gone. And then I go into the kitchen or I go into the garage and my car is gone. She was just like, yeah, I, uh, we're, we're being evicted because you didn't, cause you bounced two checks and, uh, they came to get your car and I let them get it. So yeah. Damn. So that, that was like one of the lowest points of my life. Does at some point, What's the point in where it turns around for you? Like, the, is there is there an event that makes you really like realize, like, fuck, dude, I can't keep going down this path. <laughs> not not one specific event. Like, it was a a, a multitude a series, of things. Yeah. yeah, a series of events happened. Uh, I met Kelly. Um, she came into a bar that I worked at. Mm. I, had, I had a crush on her instantly. Like, yeah, I was like, yeah, yeah. And then, uh, and then she got pregnant, and we had a kid, and and that kind of like kind of shaped me up. I yeah. was like, okay, I got to be an adult now. So, yeah, Kelly's a she's a really special woman. She's very straight laced. Like, she drinks. Yeah, yeah, but that's it. She doesn't do anything else. Um, so that that kind of really helped a lot. Like yeah. having like a straight laced person around me constantly well, that I want to be around. Yeah, I mean, you need that kind of calming and straight lace presence to kind of keep you in that yeah. dynamic yeah in that range you know yeah she she definitely helped and then yeah and then having a kid like you can't be a you shouldn't be a terrible person if you have a kid <laughs> I mean, there, there, back to our earlier point maybe there are the plenty fact. of them out there but i didn't I, i've always wanted to be a father yeah i had a great father growing up and i, I don't want to be a shitty father yeah dude when you when you think about addiction and kinds of your you're wrestling with it and emerging successful. Mm-hmm. Does it give you a sense of kind of obligation to help other kids, perhaps that are wrestling with the same thing? Because you're surrounded by people that are, are both probably grounded, responsible, yeah. Yeah. and chill alike with people that are the opposite. Yeah, it's. Uh, and- I don't know. Like, I I don't like to meddle in other people's affairs. Right. You know, it, it's. But you don't like. That? I love that. I, yeah, well, obviously, we're sitting here. <laughs> <laughs> um no i mean i'd i'd, I'd like to stay out of other people's business and yeah. like people to stay out of mine yeah yeah so, i understand pretty um, private guy then yeah yeah pretty private i mean I'm, I'm an open book if you if you ask right but i'm not gonna i don't like to put my stuff out there yeah but no, if, if we had this guy we had a regular who was going through a really tough time at a, at a bar i was working at mm. and uh it was it was actually at a at a bar in a hotel so he was staying in the hotel. He was always a mess. He was always wasted. He was hammered. Um, there was a few times where the hotel had asked him to leave because, wow. like, um, he tried to commit suicide a few times. Jeez. I mean, th- th- he was in a really dark place, and right. like nobody ever really took the. Everybody was like, "Oh, I don't know what to do." Nobody ever took the time to be like, "Dude, are you okay?" And I always kind of felt bad about that. But then one time, I actually, I was like, he asked me for a drink, and I was like, you know, I, th- I think you might be good on that mm-hmm. yeah um but if you want to talk about something else then then let's talk and he, he didn't want to talk but you know it, it's when you're dealing with addictions like that um if, if you don't want to quit you're not gonna that's and, a great point and if if you tell me that you have a problem and you don't want to quit i'm not gonna force you to i mean i'm gonna be i'm gonna be there for you yeah. if you if you need somebody to talk to or if you need the resources of someone to reach out to uh, but I, I can't change you. Yeah. You, know? you you have to want to change yourself. And that's that's something I've always thought. Well, I think that's yeah. smart to know that. Yeah. Yeah. That's something I learned in rehab. Yeah. So, yeah. It's it, man, I, I was just I was a massive Soundgarden fan. Yeah. Soundgarden uh, was really yeah. one of the most form, formative bands for me. And Cornell's late or rather his the late Cornell's wife was on like today's show mm-hmm. or something yesterday and she was talking about just that thing. She's like you know, he's an addict. There was really not much I could do, but he was a, still a great person. Yeah. You know, and yeah. it's hard for us to wrap our heads around that yeah. sometimes. And, and, you know, I've, I've always been a, a good person, you, yeah. even when I'm doing, I've always tried to be a good person. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> be a always, yeah, yeah. Let me backtrack a little bit. I've always tried to be a good person. <laughs> um, yeah. I, I, I never, I never really stole or like did any terrible things yeah. to, to get what i wanted you know i, I worked hard for it sure. <laughs> for I, the I most mean, part and yeah, yeah. How, that long list of pedigree you know you're talking about standard poor yeah last people standing knife in dallas lots of different mm-hmm. spots a whole bunch and even in a leadership position with the usbg mm-hmm. north texas yeah. 
have has that chapter in Dallas and that kind of momentum, which I feel is built a successful career for you, at least yeah. the foundation of a successful career. Has that centered you in some way? Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I was a bartender for 15 years, yeah. uh, but the last five years had, had the most impact on my career. Um, that's when I made that shift from uh, sling, like sling and ring bartending to, sling and ring. <laughs> to the cocktail. Was it turn and burns at the other turn one? Turn and burns, yeah. sling and ring, whatever, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. <laughs> the volume nightclub, yeah. vodka sodas and Miller lights. Yeah. And then I, I got a job at this place that I was, it was another kind of low time. Um, I got a job at this tiny little restaurant in Oak Cliff, South Dallas called a uh, compo. Mm. And like, it, it was just a small little joint. Uh, an old house and the uh, the chef was Matt McAllister mm. um, who now owns FT33 big deal in Dallas incredible chef um, but he was kind of consulting and then we have Brad Henserling from Fort Worth, Fort Worth who mm-hmm. was in consulting on the bar program and uh, I was I was working with a temp company and uh, the, the lady Roberta she was like hey I have this I have a permanent job for you if you'd like it you know there it's going to be it should be a really cool like farm to table with like legit cocktails. And I was like, you mean they don't have sour mix and they didn't have a gun. And I was like, I don't know what to do. So I went in for my interview and I saw Brad like squeezing lemons and limes and just that, like that aroma and like seeing him like put all this energy into prepping before anybody got there. I was like, man, what is this? So like I, I got bit by the cocktail bug there and then, uh, joined USBG. I went to Camp Runamuck. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned Pam Wisnitzer way back in the day. Oh, yeah. 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 Pam's Pam's the homie. Uh, we, we met at Camp Runamuck amazing. year one. She's a lovely person. Oh, she's amazing. She uh, she actually got me a really good job not too long ago, right before I got this gig. No kidding. Was yeah, it with American Airlines? Yeah, with American yeah. Airlines. Um, yeah, it was, it was, it would have been a great job had I not had a kid. Yeah. If I was a few years younger and, and not had a kid, because it was like I get to travel to New York every like for five days, but I love I love traveling, yeah, and I I love going to airports and like getting on a plane and going somewhere and getting off a plane and doing something fun and sure. then getting on a plane and going back home. But when you get on a plane and then you stay in the airport and then you go to an airport motel right next to the to the airport yeah. and then sleep wake up and go back into the airport and not leave like, oh yeah oh, that's, yeah it'd be frustrating yeah it, it was and and it was like jfk airport oh dude i was there for like a month oh and, it's like the terminal yeah that's, you remember that movie Tom Hanks movie? <clears throat> yeah yeah <laughs> eating mustard packets but i mean it, it would like yeah it's like cool i gotta go to new york for a week but like i got maybe one or two nights a week to where i could go out there and it was so it, was, it took an hour to get out there whether yeah. you uber or take the train or whatever an hour to get back and yeah it just wasn't worth it but yeah yeah uh was p was is amazing i, lo- I love yeah Pam. it's great man. yeah now it's a this industry you know brief tangent but this industry is filled with people that are exceptional in so many different ways and honestly you can't get any other industry that has a more varied group of backgrounds than the hospitality industry absolutely there's yeah. no there's nothing in tech no it's pretty homogenous if you mm-hmm. think about it. People, oh, they got their degrees. It came from Ivy League, whatever. Law, same shit. Yeah. The hospitality industry is the richest fucking group of people, man. So many incredible people. And like they're interesting. I get intimidated, like like not having any formal education. Yeah. Like sometimes I get a little bit intimidated being around some of these people that have like one or two degrees, master's degrees. Right. Like there are some incredibly smart people in this industry. Totally. Just intelligent, beautiful people. Um and you know, I, I feel like I'm, I'm out of my league in some sorts, especially yeah, especially around that, people like right? that. Yeah, but, but you're not. I mean, you hang. Yeah, I got stories. You got a life. You've lived a life. I, I've I've had a good life. Yeah. yeah, I have a good life. I think it's one of those things that if you don't have experiences, then you become. It feels like you're more superficial. Yeah. But if you've been through some shit, good and bad, that's all that really matters, yeah, man. True. You know, can you know? The greatest writers in the world, they're not always erudite academic types. No. In fact, those don't make the best writers. No. The guys that wrestled bears with their fucking hands. Yeah. The, guys, <laughs> right? like, the guys that had 16 daiquiris in, in a single no. sitting. Yeah. This is one of my favorite sounds in the world right here. Here we go. Oh. oh God, that sounds so good. Yeah. All right. So, since this is a beautiful bottle that serendipitously I was just researching before you came over. 
was there a moment in which be being behind the bar you know you squeezed everything you poured everything you worked at some of the best establishments the most innovative in dallas was there a point where like okay you know i want to step from behind the bar i'm ready to move on yes do you remember kind of how that worked out um i'll I'll tell you i went to portland cocktail week a a few times and one of the years i have specific like uh yeah. Uh, paths yeah, yeah. so one, one of them I, was, I hope we were there at the same year probably, man. i bet we're in the same room at some point yeah um but but one of the paths was like beyond the bar yeah and and i sat through all these courses listening to all these brand ambassadors talk about how how rough it is to be a brand ambassador like you're always traveling you never mm-hmm. get enough sleep you can't take care of yourself i came home from that and i was like ah, fuck, i never want to be a brand ambassador ever <laughs> ever <laughs> but <laughs> Yeah, and then and, you know I'm I'm starting to get older, and sure. and and those shifts like being up late, and then waking up at seven thirty eight o'clock with a kid like, hey, daddy, wake up. You know, that, that was never easy. So th- there was definitely a point where I was like, okay, maybe I should find something else. Maybe I should go like supplier distributor side. So I, I applied. Um, I got really lucky. Um, Brown Foreman was looking for like a part-time brand ambassador for premium whiskeys. So I'd handle nice. And they, they just happened to be in my bar and I was like, it, it always happens like this. It does, like dude. things fall into my lap. Yeah. And it's, it's Aquarian. I'm telling yeah, you, dude, Aquarian. stuff just happened. It's beautiful. I know. Thing. The best things happen to me. <laughs> <laughs> but but that's only because we focus on those. But there's some yeah, shit that happens to us too. There's a lot of shitty things that I went through, but sometimes the best things happen. Yeah. But yeah, it, it just kind of, it worked out. And so I did that kind of part-time and kind of got my toes wet. Uh, you know, it was like 10 hours a week. Just go out and hit some accounts. Mm-hmm. Talk to people about about Brown Foreman's premium whiskeys. So this is before we acquired the scotches. So I had uh, Jack Daniels, Old Forester, and Woodford, which is like, for me, a perfect trifecta of whiskeys. Like, Dude, such a great trifecta. Yeah. Like, you can't go into a bar that doesn't have Jack Daniels. If, yeah. if you don't have Jack Daniels in a bar, what what are you doing? <laughs> Turn <laughs> off the lights. Problem? Yeah, like, <laughs> get over yourself. <laughs> <laughs> and an Old Forester, you know, it has, like, oh, such a cult fo- following. You know? It's the first bottle bur- bourbon. And then, like, Woodford Reserve is just, like, God, I love it. I yeah. love it so much. Oh, like, it, it's a good premium whiskey. So, so I did that for a while. And then... Uh, and then I, I kept bartending on the side too, and then uh, legal department at Brown Foreman got a hold of the fact that I was still bartending, and they were they did not oh, like that. Right, right. It creates conflict of interest. Sure. So they dissolved my position, and then uh, it was like a day or two after that I got fired from Knife too. Jeez, yeah. man. And this is right before Christmas of 2016. Yeah. So. So yeah, then then after that I was like, no, I don't want to bartend anymore. Like. Were you, as they say, disenfranchised? Did you feel kind of like fuck the shit? I'm I'm out. God, yeah, yes and no. Um, I've been I've been to that point a few times in my career where like like, like I tried doing sales like door to door office max sales, which I hated. That I I did like three days of that. Um, when I was younger, I worked in a candy store for like six months. Oh, that sounds kind of cool. Yeah, it, was, it was amazing, <laughs> especially like I'm I'm not a skinny person. <laughs> I really love sweets. Candy's so that was, good. Yeah, it was a great job for for a while, but then I was like, eh, I kind of miss like talking to people because it was it was in a it was in a mall in a small town in Iowa, Fort Dodge, Iowa. Yeah. Um, and it was just this tiny little store. It's it probably about the size of this room. No, you know, it's a tiny tiny little candy store, and like it was so lonely. My dad worked across the uh, across the hall at Zales. He he worked two jobs. Really? Yeah. Or Gordon Gordon's Jewelers. Zales or Gordon's one of. Excuse me, one of the two. Oh, the boys are home. back, man. Yeah. Wow. But this is this is when my dad was single, and uh, <laughs> oh, no. my dad, my dad, when he when when my mom left, it was he went through his midlife crisis. He yeah. bought a Corvette. He grew a ponytail out, <laughs> bald, bald as fuck on top. But, he's got the <laughs> but he had the ponytail in the back. We still give him shit about that. You know? um, he's cut it since. We're yeah, right yeah, yeah. He cut it. He he got out of his midlife crisis and my dad bought a corvette recently too. yeah this yeah. was not midlife but just shortly there i mean yeah. my folks are married but like like what are you what are you doing what do you need that yeah. for but uh, I, I get it like, yeah my dad my dad's always been a car person oh me. cool yeah and we've always we used 
uh rebuild engines like oh, my okay. first car was going to be a 71 el camino oh dude and we were working on we worked for like years on this engine it was a it was a small block chevy 307 yeah. and uh yeah it sat in the garage and every once in a while we go out there and tinker and just have our little bonding moment there oh man that's yeah. a good car to do it over the el camino? El yeah Caminos. man i but i what happened was i, I stole that car i didn't <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to impress a girl. I was 14, 15 years old, trying to impress this girl, and I, I stole the El Camino. Because I knew it, 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 if my it's dad's here. It's got some cachet, the El Camino. Yeah, right? yeah. But, I mean, like, my dad had his Corvette, and then we had a uh, we had a, a Firebird, a Pontiac oh, Firebird. Dude, really? Like a, the bl- black with the, the... No, no, oh. it was green. Oh. Uh, it was like a 1970 Firebird. This car was... Uh, it had a V6 in it, oh. but it was still like like it sounded mean, yeah. and it had like a like a custom hood on top of like vents, and it was it was it was a dope ass car. Yeah. But I, I took the El Camino because I wanted to impress a girl, and I drove it across this bridge. <laughs> it's this big bridge covering crossing a valley, so it, like you're going downhill really really fast. Yeah. And I'm like flooring it, going as fast as I can. You toss it out. My dad's gonna I, if if he didn't know the story now, he's gonna hear this and be like. Oh, that's what happened. <laughs> <laughs> I was driving down this hill as fast as I could, and I hit like 110, and then all of a sudden I heard this ping, 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 ping. Oh, no. And smoke started pouring out, and I was like, oh. <laughs> oh, shit. So I drove it back home, parked it, and then like, you know, went out about Acted my like business. nothing happened. <laughs> <laughs> and so, so we had this engine sitting there, and then like we, we it the mounts wouldn't line up or something like that, so we had to. It sat for a long time, and we got rid of it. I don't, I don't know whatever but happened. But you were all right. Car. You escaped yeah. unscathed. Yeah, I escaped unscathed. Unscathed. But yeah. yeah, I forgot where we were going with that. No, I mean, ultimately, yeah. it's talking about the mall days. You have yeah. this. You oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You, know, you yeah. get out of bartending, but there's something that brings you back into it. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's the the sense of community. Yeah. Like, I, I love being around people. Yeah. I do. Oh, yeah. I really do. Um I'm a very, I'm, I'm, but at the same time, I'm a very introverted person, mm. but man, like I, I need those moments where like, I'm talking to people. Sure. Yeah. No, I do. It, it, does it fill your cup too? I use that term yeah, a lot. Absolutely. If I am too isolated, which is a good thing for both of us, I think mm-hmm. to have that time alone to think and plan. But if we're too far removed from people, then you start feeling lonely, but not mm-hmm. in the, just in the fact that people really are a rejuvenating thing Mm -hmm. you know and i i mean that's one of the reasons whether it's self-serving guilty or not right like i love talking to people so this is one way that helps me get replenished in a sense you know and no never a bad gig to on a great day in austin to sip some glendronic 18 i mean yeah 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 someone said man you really you live a really good life to me the other day and i'm like (laughs) all right well i'm not gonna admit it but this is sure as fuck this ain't sad. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Our lives don't suck. It does not yeah. suck, man. It does not suck. Yeah. Well, so Woodford comes back into your life. Yes. Uh, so after after losing both jobs, I uh, did a lot of consulting, freelance work. Uh, mm. I still kept in touch with Brown Foreman. Oh, cool. In fact, we uh, I helped put on the Tastemaker Awards with them. Oh no, last the one year. in Dallas, the Culture Lab uh, one. All of them. Oh uh, shit. Dallas, Houston, and and uh, Austin. Too? Austin, yeah. I had no idea. I uh, did all the drink strategies. Came in, bashed out all the all the cocktails. Oh, that's great. great event. Yeah, no, it was, it was a good time. We'll be doing that here again in, in April. I'm gonna bug again. you about that one. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Remind me. Um, but yeah, I kept in con- constant contact with them. I did some freelance stuff. I I worked with Pam yeah. uh, on a couple things, and she was like, "Hey, why don't you Americans looking for somebody to work for them?" And so I tried that out for about three months. Sodexo, is that Sodexo, yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. yes. Sodexo is a company that American hires to do all their admirals clubs. Gotcha. Okay. So I was doing that for like a month and a half, and then I got wind that Brown Form or Woodford was looking for a brand ambassador full time, and I was like, "That's what I want to be doing. Mm-hmm. This isn't really working out. Like, I miss my family, I miss my community, I miss my my homies, I miss my house. Like, <laughs> I, I just miss everything about Dallas because I'm never there anymore." So I applied um, through a weird, like I I applied, and then it got down to me and two other people, and one of those people just happened to be. Uh, my neighbor who lived lives no. upstairs from me. Yeah, really. Yeah. Did you have him killed? No. <laughs> I've been no. watching murder mysteries lately. Sorry, my mouth. <laughs> wow. Wow. No, he's a really good friend, and and I, I would hate for that to happen to him. Of you know, course, he's a, he's a good dude. 
but yeah, it, it was, we had that weird, awkward moment before our final interview where he's like, Oh, I have my final interview with Brown Foreman for this Woodford gig tomorrow. And I'm like, Oh, me too. Oh man. <laughs> so yeah, but it, it worked out. Um, yeah. I, How I, long you been doing it now? Uh, since April or since no, April. I'm sorry. It, since August. Okay. The other month that starts with May. That's right. Yeah, so mid, mid August. I, I told, uh, Sodexo that I wasn't going to be working with them anymore. And then just switched right into jobs so and it's different been, change of pace for you it's a, it's a lot different whereas at like american airlines i was still kind of bartending and training yeah. bartenders on how to bartend correctly um this was I, I i still every day feel like i'm out of my element because it's marketing mm. i'm working with people that have tons and tons of marketing experience where i have none but i have tons and tons of uh experience working with bartenders and, and people in and product yeah. Not a, and, and yeah and people so uh it kind of kind of balances each other out i'm learning every day in this in this job so far it's been a great six months so far looking forward to like another however long i I, I could do this forever sure (laughs) no but i mean you got good visibility you're building a better or rather expanding the brand that Mm -hmm. is charlie right which i think is an important thing people may feel like it's a little bit selling out or superficial but it's not right no it's uh you come along with this brand you know yeah um the the reason why I love the brand so much is because it it's a reflection of myself too. Yeah. Uh, it's it's you know it's it's a very high end product. I'm I'm not like a high end person, but you know like <laughs> okay, Br- Brown <laughs> Foreman, Brown Foreman in general. They're they're a family owned company. Yeah. I'm very big on family. Sure. Um, they've been doing it for a long time. I've been bartending for most of my life. Yeah. I, I seem to think I know a, a thing or two about bartending. Mm-hmm. And they, they know a thing or two about making and selling whiskey. Um. So yeah, like it it fits really well. Plus, I can drink Woodford all day, and then you know, every once in a while, if I get tired of drinking Woodford, we got some killer whiskeys in our portfolio. Yeah, not a. It no. does not suck. It does not suck. Yeah. Well, so I want to talk about one of the because I love brown form and mm-hmm. stuff. I can taste it a mile away, but that's a good thing. Yeah, it's like it's I can distinctive. tell when Bono's singing. You know, you can you just get that timbre mm-hmm. of. Woodford and Brown Foreman, in fact. Mm-hmm. I want to talk about the Prohibition 1920. Mm-hmm. That is a beautiful fucking thing. It's a good value. It great value. Great proof. It tastes lovely. For what is it, 115 proof, it yeah. does not does feel like feel 115 like proof. And then uh, also like the Jack Daniels barrel proof. Yeah. Oh, I what haven't had it yet. Oh, man. How I is I, it? uh, yeah, it, it doesn't. It's, it's another one of those does things not. where... Like it, it can get up into like 138, 140 proof, and you're like, oh, I can sip on this, you know? Yeah. Like maybe with an ice cube. Still, nobody's Superman, but yeah. But it, how are these, you know, Jack Daniels going it, to, it paves its way through Asia, man. It was in China, yeah. let me get a bourbon. They pour me Jack Daniels, Everything, right? Like yeah. This is how entrenched it is. Woodford as well is becoming a little more luxury mm-hmm. brand, which is great, but not snooty, not pretentious. But yeah. then you have these esoteric but intensely flavorful and delicious whiskeys like yeah. you get the all the old for the bottle and bond yeah. 1845 the distillery row series yeah yes. dude how how do those do because those are really the unsung heroes of the portfolio I they think. they are um like i i don't work with old forester so i can't oh really... you don't at all okay no n- now i'm just strictly oh, woodford, woodford. Yeah. Oh. but i mean i, I still enjoy label all mates i guess you could say they're our cousin yeah our, our, our brother Sister, whatever. All right. You want to well, call then it. I'm yeah. gonna go to the double oaked. Okay, double oak. Yeah. Which I, it's just it's it's amazing thing. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. I can go through a lot of it. Yeah. Real quick. I can too. Like uh, with our core range, like I always like to start off with like a like a Woodford bourbon on the rocks, yeah. and then I'll have like a rye cocktail, and then with dessert is always gonna be double oak on the rock yeah. or, or neat. It's it's just that good, and I'm a I'm a sweet person. Like I, I love you sweets. are you're so sweet thank you <laughs> <laughs> I, I love my sweets so that that one it just has all these rich like butterscotch caramel vanilla flavors to it there's like, something do you ever read cherry in it that's one of the things that I, bit, it's hard yeah. for me to pick pinpoint exactly what that creamy caramelly cherry kind of thing is yeah but there but there's some kind of like sweet fruit in there for yeah. me that's beyond yeah. just lactic yeah and it's really a beautiful no and yeah. it, it does well yeah. with the judges man yeah. it, it does it, well it's spectacular in these competitions um like chris and chris is just such chris morris our yeah, master yeah. distiller is such an innovative person and 
the way that double oak came around and it's like people were like hey you know i love i love woodford reserve bourbon mm. but i want something for like special occasions and chris was like well i can make a new whiskey but you're going to be waiting for eight years and by then you might not like whiskey anymore right uh so he what he did was the uh the double bur- the double barrel or the uh, double oaking mm. so the first the first barrel that woodford reserve goes into is going to be a uh uh, heavily or lightly toasted heavily charred barrel mm-hmm. uh, the second barrel is going to be uh heavily toasted and lightly charred so mm-hmm. it brings forward a lot more of those butterscotch vanilla caramel kind of flavors so you know in, instead of making a new whiskey it's like oh i'll just finish it in this barrel and it'll be a different whiskey still woodford reserve it still has the same character as woodford reserve yeah um same backbone but then it just that that second that secondary aging just kind of highlights all those really intense sweet flavors so and you guys are you've used some i know some brandy barrels we talked about yeah, that yeah. they're pinot barrel as well i think oh yeah yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah that's <laughs> a good back by that yeah but the, are you gonna f- dive even more as chris, chris or whomever helps them here at the, at the distillery are you guys gonna dive into more of those interesting but yet really rich and different expressions yeah absolutely yeah anything notable coming out i mean i'm sure all of it's notable but anything strange coming out i mean our master's collection is what we do every year and that's kind of our our innovative like uh special release i think the last the last year that we had was the uh trey would smoke malted barley oh it was so fantastic before that was a uh was the uh, brandy cask finish Mm. and then a few years before that we had our sonoma contrera pinot noir finish oh yeah so being brown foreman, having our own cooperage, like we we have access to any kind of wood that we want. You know, if Chris is like, "Hey, I want to do something in maple, or I want to do something in cherry," we can do that. We we get the trees and we we have our own cooperage to yeah. make those barrels. Um, so that's that's one unique dis- thing that we have at our disposal. Like nobody else can say that. Yeah, it's not bad. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, <laughs> it's well, I kind of want this barrel. Yeah, and then okay. they bring it. Like, no, it doesn't. No. Give me another one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, let me try something else. <laughs> yeah. Here. Yeah, so yeah, that that's our master's collection that comes out. Um, we're also expanding our portfolio a little bit here uh, later this year. Cool. Uh, we'll have, so stay tuned for some of those really cool things. We will have a a, a cask finish coming out here in February, Ooh. or I'm sorry, a cask proof or yeah. batch proof, batch proof coming out in February, um, which I haven't got to try yet. So uh, hopefully, hopefully here in a couple of weeks. I'll I mean, have. imagine it's reminiscent of the 1920, right? Yeah, it, it'll probably be. Kind of the same thing. Uh, like I, I don't know if you know this, but Old Forester and uh, Woodford Reserve have the same mash bill. Same is it? Yeah. The, it's ultimately the same distillate, right? Mm, no, uh, no okay. Woodford Reserve uses pot stills, where oh. Old Forester is going to be all uh, column? column still. Yeah. Oh, that's great to know, yeah. actually. Yeah, and then we do use a little bit of pot of uh, column still mixed in with the pot still to yeah. kind of make Woodford Reserve. Oh so, man, no, that's uh, great to know. Yeah, actually. but I mean, uh, I mean. Like pot still distillation is completely different flavor sure. from, from well, you get, home still. Yeah. Well, there's that. We could talk about the principles of distillation, yeah. but we I don't normally get into it. But nah. let's suffice it to say that I, I love how rich Woodford is. Oh, me too. And I think that if you use a barrel the right way and you use the char to your advantage instead mm-hmm. of trying to cover flavor, you can enhance flavor. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's what the double oak does exceptionally. Yeah. And the price is great. And if yeah. there was something that rich with oakiness, and at a higher cask proof, I think that you're talking about a fucking home run. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I don't, I don't get to make the whiskey, but if I did, sure, that's, that's you something do. I would do. Yeah. Well, yeah. well, you get to taste taste it, and I'm sure you get to leave whatever note you want. Yeah. Not a I'm, I'm, I'm so low on the totem pole. Oh, it's that's like, not. You're like Charlie. Who, who is Charlie? Chris Morris is probably like, who is Charlie Moore? <laughs> I, I don't, I've never met the guy. You're like, let me tell you, Chris, I'm a philosophical guy. <laughs> <laughs> It's, I mean, it's a, it's a brilliant thing. And I even know a couple of the family members and yeah. it's a, it's a great, great family. And I, again, you know, I'm a huge fan of Woodford and keeps getting better every year. So I, know, I, I, I know. can't wait. To see I'm so happy to be a part of this brand. Yeah. Not so bad. It's, yeah. Like I like it, it, anything in the, in the Brown Foreman portfolio, yeah. I'd be cool with, but like Woodford really sings to me. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's something I, I really love. All right. So speaking of things that sing to you. Yeah. I got a couple questions left for you because you're actually awesome. on your way back to Dallas as we not later, as we speak. Later. Yeah, right got, I'm, I'm going to hang out in Austin for a bit. So, yeah, that's, yeah. A good, that's a good move. Yeah. Even though it's fucking terrible weather right now. Yeah. Speaking of singing, normally I, I ask this question in a more broader way, but I'm going to ask it in a musical way this, mm-hmm. this time. And not in that I'm going to sing it because that'd be stupid. But you're sipping any of 
the Woodfords that you've mm-hmm. got, your, your favorite, doesn't matter what it is, and you're at your favorite bar in the world, that also doesn't matter. But you yeah. can sit and have a conversation and sip some wonderful Woodford with anybody living or deceased that's a musician, who would you love to just sit there, hang out with, and drink some whiskey? Ah, that's a tough one. Um, I, I'd say Prince because I really oh, love yeah. I really love his music. Like I, I grew up a Prince fan, but uh, he wasn't a drinker. No, he wasn't. No, obviously so he that, had other that wouldn't be, predilections. Yeah, <laughs> that wouldn't be much fun. Um, God, I, like maybe either Jimi Hendrix or Stevie Ray Vaughan. Oh, I know, no Stevie Ray. Yeah. Because he's a Texan, and, and he put it down. He yeah, put him back. Like yeah. little little wing. Yeah, the Stevie Ray version. Uh-huh. Every time I hear it, I cry. You like, love it still. I, I I don't know what it is about that song. Yeah, it like it doesn't have a specific memory tied to it. Like like a lot of songs. Like I can't listen to Hallelujah. Yeah, because oh, I will. I, yeah, yeah uh, that's my grandfather passed away um, three years ago. Mm. It, was, it was around this time. Yeah, I think it might have either been today or tomorrow. Wow, but um. Yeah, that that song always reminded me of him, and every time I hear that, I ball like it. Yeah, um, we are emotional, aren't we? Yeah, yeah. We, we seem like we're not, but you'd get no. that right trigger. Like, why am I crying right yeah. now? Yeah, but like there was there was one day uh, Stevie Ray Vaughan's version of, of Little Wing came on on the radio. Yeah, like it just hit me, and I could feel like everything he put into that song, like mm. all the pain, all the sorrow, like all the all the like it, it's. I don't know, and and he doesn't sing. There's no lyrics. Know. It's you know, yeah. it's just guitar. It's just the guitar saying something so beautiful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Stevie Ray Vaughan. I think that'd be great. I'm yeah. sure you would love whiskey too. Yeah, he would. Man, yeah. a lot. If I a lot of whiskey. <laughs> <laughs> Plus, he's a Texan. So, yeah, dude. yeah. He's got the little the well, the jazz patch with the jazz dot. Yeah, he's got a lot yeah. of good things going for him. Yeah. Did rest in peace. R.I.P. R.I.P. Stevie. Says. We kind of rap and we're talking about life and being an Aquarian and fucking fatherhood and all this crazy mm. stuff and drinking the Glendronach 18, which again is a, just a serendipitous moment because I was just looking at this bottle. <laughs> Thank you for sharing. It's quite, oh, yeah. Quite lovely, I'm, I'm man. so glad. Yeah, it's oh. not a bad scotch. <laughs> it does not suck. It does not suck. And you guys are bringing it, or rather 18's out, but 15's coming back. And we'll yeah. talk about that off the mic. But do you see what your world is like after the brand ambassador thing? Do you think about... <laughs> starting a brand do you think about starting a bar it's like you know i I spent the last 15 years bartending and that was kind of learning spirits and and everything mentoring and starting to mentor younger younger bartenders and now i'm moving into this brand ambassador position with brown form with woodford and i I, i'd like to work with brown foreman for a while Mm. and then you know if they they want to fund a distillery for me that would be really cool (laughs) (laughs) Uh, it, it takes a lot of money to start a distillery, and mm-hmm. I don't have money. Um, but yeah, I, I wouldn't mind having my my own bourbon on the market or oh, American whiskey. That would be really cool. Be cool. But man, my, my my dream when I when I get old, when I grow up, I want to have like a uh, like a uh, like we we have a place in Dallas called Shell Shack uh-huh. or uh, or Hook Line and Sinker. Let me let me do that. Um, it's just like a like a fried catfish, uh, oh, yeah. like boiled crab. I want to join it like that on the beach somewhere in the Gulf where all I do is just sit at the bar, talk a bunch of shit, drink whiskey all day, eat crab, eat catfish, and listen to blues. Like, Jeez. Yeah, that, that's, that's that's what I want to do. Until God I damn. Die. You got to make that happen. Yeah, Take pictures one day. so I get envious. I know, on, on the beach too. Mm-hmm. On the beach in the Gulf. That, that's my dream. Not a bad dream at all, man. Nah. Something that seems actually pretty feasible. Too. Yeah, yeah, I could do that. Maybe even in Mexico. I don't know. Sure. Yeah, as long as it's a beach, right? Yeah, anywhere, anywhere that's a beach. Just get me to a beach. That's my favorite. <laughs> Amazing, man. So yeah. I had no idea how this conversation would turn out, and I love that I never yeah. know. Yeah. But thick as thieves we are, as they said in Shawshank, dude. I know. Thanks for sharing the whiskey. Thanks for sharing your life. Oh, no, thanks for learning about it, dude. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks. Really cool. Hopefully, we'll get to judge whiskeys together. I hope so. Later. I hope so. We'll, yeah. we'll make it happen. I'm sure. Yeah, we'll make so, it happen. Thank you so much for sharing the Glendronach and the fucking Old Forester's birthday bourbon, yeah. dude. We started out yeah. with that. So anyway, anyway brilliant yeah. to have you and Charlie. Keep in touch. Got to speak to you in Dallas, dude. Cheers. Cheers. Thank you. Thank you. 
Well, there we have it. The man, the myth, the Dallas legend himself, Charlie Moore, at the ground floor as this cocktail movement emerged in Dallas. At least I consider him one of the forefathers. You have some other folks in there like Brian McCullough and Josh Hendricks, some people that have been on the show. But, you know, there's this starting crew, this dream team that emerged in Dallas, and every city has one as this cocktail movement just blows up and evolves. And it was great chat with Charlie about his life, about his fatherhood, and about his family, and the kinds of things he's ran into, the kinds of trouble he's run into. I think it helps us all feel a little bit more grounded, more centered, because he can admit his transgressions openly and freely, and I think it inspires us to do the same thing. We all fuck up. We all are flawed, but sometimes we need someone that we look up to to say these things. It makes us feel like we've got the cue finally to be just as transparent. So thanks so much, Charlie, for sitting down and chatting with me and, and sipping that delicious Glen Dronach 18. Have to love Woodford Reserve. You know, this is not a commercial, still one of the greatest bourbons, and I love the Brown Foreman barrel finishing. It, it is just delicious. So thanks everybody for listening to Show to V with Mike G. No matter how much Lagavulin 16 you plan on drinking this evening, or if you're thinking, I can only watch so many more British cooking shows before I just want to fall asleep, please keep dancing.